welcome to Flip the Library, the Gwinnett County Public Library podcast. My name is Steve Thomas. I'm the branch manager of the Collins Hill branch. And my name is Melissa Grimont. I'm the branch manager of the Snellville branch. And today we're here with the African American Task Force at GCPL. I'm Ron Gauthier, branch manager of the Grayson Branch Library. Um, hi, I'm Latifa Rashid. I'm the supervisor over at Centerville. I'm Amber Simpson. I'm a full-time assistant at Centerville. Hello, my name is Terry Corbin Hutchinson. I'm a supervisory librarian at the Lawrenceville branch. And it's Melissa. I am both an interviewee and a member of the task force. So what was the impetus behind starting the African American Task Force and what is its mission? So the FindAbility team here at GCPL hosted a focus group meeting in uh, August of 2019. And the topic of discussion was regarding the future of the African-American collection and the creation of an urban fiction genre. A few of us were invited to uh, participate and serve on a focus group invitation. So it developed from there and a task force actually originated from this meeting with the goal of selecting, marketing, and improving overall findability of materials. Uh, We were also charged with coming up with new ideas for kids and adult programming and to even assist with generating new services. I was also one of those um, original members for that focus group, and we decided that one meeting was not enough and that this was um, a much more complex issue and that um, in order to best serve our customers and our community, we wanted to create a task force to address the um, multiple issues like collection development and customer concerns. And so I, I think a task force was necessary. So we decided to meet for a few months and um, get like-minded people who were very passionate about um, the collection and um, making sure that uh, all voices are heard. I, I think it's great that GCPL has been doing that a lot recently where we had the LGBTQ plus task force, now we have the African-American task force where we're really putting a focus on a certain community and then making sure that we're serving that community as well as we can. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there will be more task forces in the future. Why did you want to join the African-American Task Force? So Michael Casey invited me to serve as chair of the new African-American Task Force. Sort of my background helped, and two years ago, I made a suggestion that we do a refresher training for staff on the history and composition of African-American literature in general. At a branch manager's meeting, I co-presented with branch manager Karen Harris on this subject, Now, the feedback from managers was quite positive, so we later uh, teamed with the GCPL training team and created a video for a Google Classroom for the entire GCPL staff. The course was later part of the new hire training. We were a part of the focus group and trying to decide, you know, a name, um, something inclusive and things like that, so I just wanted to provide my input because I did come from a different system. Um, I'm coming up on my first year at GCPL and um, the system I was in previously, they, you know, had a different way of doing um, the African-American section. So everything was interfiled. And so I just want to provide my experience and uh, how um, I helped customers 
uh, deal with interfiling and having it as a separate section. I couldn't believe how rich the conversations were. They were just so rich. They were just so interesting. They were so engaging. And so I just wanted to make sure that I was part of furthering the discussion. And so at first I was thinking, I don't think my voice needs to be heard. There were so many articulated, you know, responses to things, um, viewpoints that were interesting that I had never thought about. And then I came back to my branch and I had so many rich discussions with my coworkers that I was like, I need to be a part of this task force. And so this is why I joined. To piggyback off Terry, uh, I was also really busy when I was part of that first focus group. And I was just like, I'm going to do this once. But the discussion is really what reeled me in. I love that we're in a profession where people can um, debate and express their opinion so professionally because there was a lot of diversity in thought. Um, I think it was generational and cultural. One of the big things that we spoke about is that, you know, we call this the African American collection, but we have um, people uh, from all over the diaspora. We have Caribbean American authors. We have um, authors of African descent. And then we have African Americans. And, you know, and some people just like to call things black. And so it, it was very interesting to hear everyone's point of view. And we were all, um, I think it was important to give everyone a voice and listen to everyone and also make sure that we were as inclusive as possible. So I think that's why I really wanted to join because I loved how intelligent and rich um, the discussion was. Mm -hmm. So what kind of things has the team been working on? We have been working on a few projects. We have reviewed customer comments about the location of the collection inside the branches and some complaints even about there not being enough African-American titles for diverse populations in Gwinnett, especially for a county of this growing size. Now, we specifically responded to our customers, ensuring every comment received the reply and assured them that we are increasing the size and diversity of the collection. We also educated many on the composition of the collection, understanding that some customers were not familiar with special collections and libraries. We also offered advice on programs for Black History Month. One of the members, Jenny Watson, is on the second year of helping to coordinate the Black History Quiz Bowl, which was hugely successful last year. I coordinated with Adult Programming, a theme program focusing on the contributions of civil rights accomplishments of the nine African-American fraternities and sororities, referred to as the Divine Nine. Melissa Gramont, branch manager of Snellville, in Adult Program, did a, a new program from, his, from Black History to Black Future Month, Afrofuturism and the Arts, and it was very successful. We had a large turnout for that. Uh, so initially, um, I think when we first started um, the task force, we the first major thing that we had to decide was the name for the, the section and that um, 
did take a, a lot of time, a lot of discussion about what do you want to call it to piggyback on what Melissa said. We want to be as inclusive as possible because they're not just African-American authors. So we had to come up with, if we have this section and we want to include um, a multitude of authors and opinions and what should we call it. So that was one of the first things um, that we had to tick off our list, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's an important one, though, because that's how you're communicating it to our customers. So. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we came up with the consensus of African-American interests, Interest. which is, and I think after that, then we've been working on recommendations. Um, things, authors that we don't see in different genres that are not currently in our collections, or either authors and their works that we do currently um, um, gain items or we, we acquire, but maybe we don't have that series or, or maybe in a different capacity, or even um, classic collections or classic works in, of African-American literature that are not currently a part of our collections. So we've been working on recommendations um, we've also been working on um, challenges and responding and explaining what the collection is. And then we're also working on programming to help um, customers and even staff find our collections. You know, what is the African American collection? Where is it? You know, what's in it? And those kinds of things. I think the collection is a major part of it. Um, We did receive some customer concerns about what was lacking in our collection um, and holes. And I think one of the challenges is, you know, as a popular fiction um, collection, um, some of those classics that um, people who are very well um, educated with African American history may just assume that everyone knows, um, they may not be there. So um, we've been working on that, but also just, you know, urban fiction and Afrofuturism. And looking at the arts and even um, other religions. Um, So there's so much to the collection. And we've really improved. And I have to just give a special shout out to Materials for just really doing such a good job. Because I think when all of us went into to make our suggestions... I found a lot more, even yes. just on myself. Like, yes. I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, we already have this. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, yes. so Materials has been doing the work. And the other key thing that we've been working on, like the programming, is educating the public on finding it. I think everyone who works in the library understands that a lot of people don't understand the floating collection. We our our customers come in they don't see it on the shelf so they make the assumption you don't have this material so you don't are not representing me and that's just not the case actually a lot of our african-american titles especially the new ones they're out it's just people don't realize that they have to place a hold um, you talked about the collection. Um, have you, how have you how have you gone about analyzing kind of the collection and seeing 
where are the holes that we have in the collection? I mean, some of them are kind of obvious. Sometimes you can see there's not an author here that you know about, but mm-hmm. ha- is there like a source that you're comparing against or? We use various sources. Um, I use a Norton anthology um, just to get the history and the um, the literary periods as well as the historical periods. Um, but I think we all use our personal knowledge. And then we use some official things, like we used, you know, are these award-winning authors, you know, like Colson Whitehead, you know. Um, we also worked from our personal interests as well. I love romance, so I looked at those authors in that area. And then we used some official sources, like there's the African-American, I think it's um, Booklist, A-A-B-L-C, online. So I think we used a lot of different resources. And now that we've discussed what um, the team members have been doing, um, we want to ask you, how can the average staff member help the team? Well, we are asking the staff to do active readers advisories with customers. Try to observe them, especially if they are browsing the African-American section, you see them walking around, and offer the service. Undertake training when it is offered, and please take as a refresher the Google Classroom I mentioned earlier if the staff feels it is needed. Regularly read the book reviews and reputable resources like Publishers Weekly, Library Journal, the New York Times Book Review, and others. Try to keep up with the trends in African-American literature and do queries or interviews with customers. Find out what they are reading and interested in and uh, go to them with the resources. Um, I think just by like observing um, the collection, observing customers, what they ask for, because um, we don't know, you know, what goes on at everyone's branch. So it is helpful if, you know, you may go and kind of browse yourself uh, of the section and see what we have, what's moving when you're in the workroom and you're checking things in, uh, just to kind of see what is moving and what. Because a lot of times it is... Um, very specific to a certain branch or a certain community of what they like and what they don't like. So I think that would be um, helpful. Just to piggyback on what was just said, um, yeah, make suggestions. You know, if someone complains and says, you don't have this, you don't have that, well, suggest. We're open, and Materials has been awesome at filling interlibrary loans because I know I have filled out quite a few and um, and adding new things to the collections. They're very, very open. So, yeah, you know, get those requests in, you know, let them know. But sometimes people say, you know, we don't have it, but we do. It might not be at your branch. All they need to do is request it. And I'm not going to say anything much different other than what everyone's been saying is learn the collection, um, you know, Search, go to the catalog, you know, type in the keyword African-American, look at the tags, do some advanced searching. Um, We're, you know, that's what's so great about this profession is we are continually learning. So if there is an area that you do not feel like you're, you know, the strongest at, then, you know, make that one of your personal goals to look and, you know, listen to people. And um, just like Terry said, I I always um, 
put in recommendations for customers because they tend to be very hesitant, even though the can't find it form is very easy and straightforward. And so um, I will do it for them and then put in the notes, you know, customer request and just ask that it gets, you know, purchased for the system. And it usually does. Um, and, and please let them know that, um, you know, materials will respond to them if they select that email, um, that we, we want to hear from them. And I, I think that is one of the major issues that we were trying to deal is that we want members of this community to feel like they're heard. Okay, we want to wrap up a little bit with um, talking about what kind of stuff we're reading. So what are you reading um, right now? It does not have to be from the African-American collection necessarily, but (laughs) what are you reading right now and what's the last book you read that you enjoyed? I have been reading primarily historical nonfiction, partly because I have been doing a presentation on the history and struggles for voting and civil rights at several schools. The focus is on eighth graders, even though we are presenting at two high schools. So most of my focus on reading has been in those areas. Believe it or not, for fun, the last book I read was Separate, the story of Plessy versus Ferguson and America's journey from slavery to segregation by Steve Luxenberg. And again, even though it's for fun, it's one of those books I would use information for the uh, presentation to the eighth graders have the book in my purse. <laughs> and I am currently reading Jazz. It's a Toni Morrison novel, and it's one of her novels that I have not read, but I am obsessed with the Harlem Renaissance, and it's one of my favorite time periods in U.S. history. And um, this book actually is about that time period so I it was like right up my alley and it does happen to be part of the African-American interests collection but um, I just love her writing love the period so if you um, have not heard of it before or want to start reading some Toni Morrison um, then I, I would definitely recommend it I'm enjoying it so far um, well, recently, uh, I just had a program last week um, called Soul Food, Soul Food Stories, and it was I got the idea from the book The Cooking Gene by Michael Titty, so I just reread that book to prepare, um, and it's a nonfiction book. He's just detailing, trying to find his roots, but through like culinary history. So it's not it's not just you know genealogy, but it's how food shaped the transatlantic slave trade and how the effect it had on his family. And um, it's just really, it's a quick read. It's, it's pretty thick, but it's a quick read because he includes stories um, from his grandparents and um, his life now and growing up and just finding his roots while he's finding food. So I think, thought that was a unique twist on a genealogy type of book. I like romance and specifically smut. And so <laughs> I have been obsessed with Kindle books. And so I've been reading Isabella Brooks, and um, it's an interracial romance. Um, it was about um, the hero was injured in a fire, and so he's disfigured. And um, he was wearing his anger and his bitterness Obviously, and of course, you know, love comes in and saves the day, and he learns how to find joy in his life through finding the love of his life. So that's the last thing that I read. 
I've just finished reading Radiance in Edelon by Grace Draven. It's kind of like a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, but like in a fantasy world where um, the woman, she is human and um, he is like a prince, but he's like an, a creature called a Kai. And like to humans, he's really ugly. Um, and to him, humans are ugly. So they have like these differences and they're pretty much just constantly calling each other hideous, even though they end up loving each other. So it's pretty good. You want to share what you're reading, Steve? Sure. I'm actually reading an appropriate book. I'm reading The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. So it's very good. It's I haven't gotten too far into it yet, but it is a twist. It's I mean it takes place in Civil War, Civil War ish times or pre, I think, uh, early America. So it's about um, a woman, a young woman who's a slave, and then she escapes and goes to the Underground Railroad. But this is a fantasy world where there's actually a railroad okay. underneath the ground, that, like with trains and engineers and tracks. And so it's really interesting. And then she kind of goes from place to place. And because uh, I've only gotten to the first place, so I don't know what <laughs> all the other places are going to be. But. <laughs> His his writing is really, it's kind of it's sort of a thickish book, but you really just flow through because his writing is really engaging. So, well, thank you everyone for um, speaking with us today. And um, the African American Task Force is not yet finished, so um, we will be wrapping up soon and um, probably be sending out something system wide to share. And so you know, um, just. Keep your eyes and ears open, and we'll have more information. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.